Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. You know, you're never going to be more confident than when you're dependent on Him. You know what I mean? And we're created to be dependent on the Holy Spirit because He's the comforter, right? And so sometimes we got to get out of our comfortable places and step, step into what God's called us to do. And, you know, I, I being here, I do so appreciate I'm just... I'm seeing all the familiar faces. I mean, you, you, you tend to sometimes uh, neglect <laughs> where you are sometimes because it just becomes normal. But it's just like God and his word. It's meant to be sacred. It's meant to be something that we hold dear and precious. And what is more dear and precious than this? This is family. This is... We're called to be with family, and I mean, today we're reminded of that so much as we're coming in here, and me and Heidi are just looking at each other, just smiling because what Jimmy and Rachel are singing and and what's being said by Sarah and what's being ministered here, it's, it's, it's a team. This is a team. We're a team where there's no, you know, there's no... All stars and superstars in the body of Christ. We are a team. We're not meant to sit on the sideline. It's cool just to see that we pass the ball to one another. We're, we're setting each other up to serve, and that's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to set each other up to succeed in this life and to tap into what God has promised us, you know, it, it, it's promised to us that we shall be partakers of his divine nature. In any way that we, we, need, we need each other, we need the body to, to, to serve to one another so that we have every possible reason to grab a hold of what belongs to us, what's been right, rightfully given to us. We protect our freedom and our liberty in Christ because it is of, of the utmost value. And, you know, we, we did. We've, we visited a lot, of, a lot of churches, and I wouldn't say we visited all the churches. <laughs> and um, I've probably, you know, I've probably visited more churches in the past, you know, three or four months than I have my entire life because... This was my home. This is where I was. And so, but we wanted just to kind of, um, just to see what, what, was, what was being ministered, the community. And it's, the body of Christ is amazing. And so, I, you know, we would never put down any, any other church. It's not about putting down a church. It's just the substance of what we believe is it producing is it producing godliness? Is it producing hope? Is it producing faith in our lives? And, you know, I, I, we didn't really recognize a message of the finished work, a message of our 
our identity in him and, and the, the message of the new covenant. And when those things are not, when those things are not being echoed, we're going to end up striving in our own strength, in our own ability, wanting to see more. You know, in the life that Jesus walked, Jesus wasn't, I like to say, Jesus wasn't dangling a carrot of the life he lived. He has set us up. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness so that we can be partakers of his divine nature. And that nature is love, guys. Like love casts out fear. Love removes worry. And so I'm so thankful because I feel like today I have the privilege to minister and it's like we're we're serving we're serving each other and setting each other up and so i'm encouraged cuz we needed this is good we i'm happy genuinely i have to say it i i'm so happy to be here and i'm thankful i'm thankful for this body because we're going to change the world We're going to change the world and let people know that God is good. Like truly, like he's truly good. We're caused, we are called, we're called the triumph in trouble. Our faith is, we're called to, with our faith, to triumph in trouble, to triumph under pressure. Greater is he who lives in us than he that's in the world. And that's what we do. We, I mean, we're just constantly reminding ourselves, being encouraged one another that, listen, Jesus in you is enough. You are complete in him. Everything that you need has been given to you through his work. Everything. So God, just like he created in six days, he created the earth and then he rested. We have a rest that has been given to us, a, a completed work that his blood has been, has been shed for us so that we, can, we have access into his grace. And because we have access into his grace, we can rejoice when life throws its challenges, when life feels hard. But thankfully, we have the body of Christ. We have, I see a, I see a multitude of Jesus in each person here. And so today, what was just on my heart is, is stewarding, stewarding hope. That's, that, that's, Y'all were echoing that, I feel like, and stewarding hope. Um, I'm going to pull out my notes here. We need to steward hope. It is, hope is not often as we're, we hear it in the world that I'm hoping this may happen. Hope is a joyful and confident expectation that God will do what he says he will do. 
You know, the word says that God will never lie. So every word that he has given us, he backs it up. He backs it up with his son Jesus and with the finished work and with his character and with his integrity. So stewarding hopes. Stewardship means this. It means the job of supervising or taking care of something. You know, hope is something that is very, very precious. And it's something that we take care of, just like we take care of our bodies. Our bodies are important. Our, we take care of it. We, we give ourselves nutrients. We give ourselves sleep, and we give ourselves rest. Now, hope is something that we should be nurturing something that we should be making sure to take care of because hope is what it gives us life and it, and it vitalizes us into the truth of what God promises. And so I felt like God said this, our level of seeking determines the level of hope that's in operation. And so just to get a gauge of our need for hope, because sometimes we have to recognize our need to actually partake. You know that? Like sometimes we, we need to have our conscience awakened to our need for a Savior. Like when the kids are going bananas, like sometimes it takes me to like come to the end of myself and be like, Lord, help me. Like what, what Heidi's saying, and it's in that place you recognize your need, you call out. But what if our response to calling out was, was more quick? What if we allowed like our response to be quick to call out for help in our time of need, that mercy and grace would be there to meet us? I'm just saying, what if? What if we, in every area of our life where we, even where we can, you know, we feel like we can do it in ourselves, what if we just, in every area of your life, was totally dependent on God and his Holy Spirit? You know, that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples before he was going to the cross. These guys were having, about to have a really bad day. And Jesus echoes, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. I have an advocate and I have a Holy Spirit. I'm sending my spirit and he is going to make you look really, 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 really good. And you can trust him and he's going to fill your life with his grace. And so... I watched this. Um, I watched this documentary recently. I knew I had to throw out a, a caving. Y'all, y'all know I, I love caving. I've, it's been a while since I've been able to go since having kids. But I used to love to spend a lot of my time underground, exploring. And there's this particular cave um, in Mexico called che- che- I think it's Cheve. And right now, this cave is in um, 
they plan expeditions every year, and this is like the comparison underground to climbing Mount Everest. And so this cave, they've been um, the guy that's, that's leading the expeditions. I want to say they've been going there since the early 90s, and they still have not come to the end of it. And so the reason that I say that our, our level of hope determines our level of seeking, this guy has such tenacity that of the vision of this being the deepest cave in the world. And he has such a confidence and such an ex, uh, a, a confident expectation that he's going back every year. And these guys will spend like, they'll spend like 30 days underground. Wow. And so it is, it is a massive, massive effort of exploration. I, it's the uh, exploration of caves is, it is the hardest place to go because you have to go there in person. You cannot send some kind of robotic equipment or anything like that. And so I think it was 10 years that this guy, they, they, could, not, they could not find how, which way the cave continued. And so this documentary just shows how uh, this new group of guys that he brought in there, um, they found the way that continues to go further. And so we are created to have confident expectation always in our life. And because of that hope, it causes us, it stirs us to have a seeking heart because you never know what's going to be around the corner of God's goodness. You never know where you're going to pop out of some place that you're searching that God has something incredible for our lives. God, each one of us, God has called us to a special purpose. God loves us, and God is calling us to reign in his grace. And God doesn't want us just to scrape by. God is a God of more than enough. He's better. He's better. He's better. And so what I see here is the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm rising up expectation. I'm rising up a confidence in your heart. And the land, the thing that you've been seeking, I'm going to fuel that thing because there is life there. There is something very precious, very valuable. So the, the other reason that we steward hope is to guard ourselves from drawing back. I have this, it's Hebrews 10.39. But it says, we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And, you know, that, that word perdition can be a little alarming, right? But that word, it's another way to explain that word or to translate, to interpret this verse, it just means waste. God has called us to life that there's no waste. 
to draw back. Our life has incredible meaning. Our life has incredible value. And the only thing holding us back from believing that is our wrong believing. So hope is to, to help us not to draw back. Like, like Clint's been preaching, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so we have a hope that doesn't cause us to draw back. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now our souls are made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And so when we're facing challenges, we're facing hardship. God, you know, God wants not only the eternal salvation of our spirit, but God wants the salvation of our souls. God wants our emotions, our, 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 our thoughts. He wants our will. He wants it to be saved in agreement to that. And, and what does that? It's looking at him. It's simply looking at Jesus. We keep our eyes on him. And as we keep our eyes on Jesus, he brings us back every time back to where we belong, to the saving of our soul. And so I just had, just real simple, three keys to stewarding hope. Y'all want to know how to steward hope in your life and keep that confident expectation alive? Again, because I keep, keep saying it, it's what we're made for. We're made to have a confident expectation and wake up. I remember in my own life when I first came out of uh, substance abuse and came out of what I was coming from, and just what brought me there is knowing God's love for me, knowing that God cared about me right where I was at. God loved me, and God desired for me to have a relationship with him. And just that, sim- that the simplicity of the gospel. God loves you. God loves you. God loves us. He loves us so much. And when I experience that love in my heart, Nothing else changed in my life except I knew that God loved me. I knew that God loved me right where I was at. And that love propelled me to know that God has a plan and a destiny for my life. And it caused me to dance around like David for two weeks. I'd wake up and I, there was such expectation in my heart. Today's going to be a good day. I like to say... Today is the happiest day of my life, why? Because I know him better than I did yesterday. And if you meet me tomorrow, you're going to meet me on the happiest day of my life because tomorrow I'm going to know him better than I did today. You know, and and we're around people all the time. I just started this new job of doing uh, refrigeration, like a whole new trade, and I'm around a lot of lost people. And your 
your joy, your contentment, your happiness affects the people around you. You have the ability to change environments wherever you go. And when people see that you have a confident expectation, they're going to they're going to be drawn to you. They're they're going to want to know what you have. And I have found just in my experience, I'm doing something I have no idea what I'm doing. I have this burn right here from soldering pipe and like learning how to do all these new things. I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. But guess what? God's grace is available for whatever we're doing. God will help us. And you know what? Every day is Friday in Jesus, man. Like it is. Like we have this expectation for Friday. Every day is Friday in Jesus. It's our perspective. So what hope does is hope helps us, nurtures us to have a proper perspective on life. Every day is Friday in Jesus because it's a more it's an opportunity and a privilege for me to look more like him. Like that's our why. Like in its in its and looking like him doesn't mean like striving to obey. It means settling in and receiving love so I can be the outflow of love. That's what it looks like. That's the message. That's why we get bananas about Jesus. That's why we don't have to draw back. We remember our first love to the saving of our soul. And God prepares the ground for us. God does all the work. All we have to do, we're receivers. We position our hearts to receive. And sometimes, I mean, I used to play basketball. Sometimes the most annoying thing was when somebody, when you're, when you're trying to get the ball moving, everybody just standing around because I played point guard and the position of the point guard is to pass. But when nobody's moving, they're being guarded. Sometimes God wants us to shift and change positions in our hearts so that we can see how he sees. That's the danger, actually, of, of, of comfortability. The danger of being comfortable is it causes us to stay positioned in the same place that's been keeping us in the same traps over and over and over again. And I dare say that God will, with his Holy Spirit, position us in our hearts to be able to be good receivers because he is dishing it out. He is the perfect quarterback. Every time he runs the play, he is passing the ball with precision. God is passing the ball of his spirit, of his life, of godliness, of holiness. Everything, he is doing it. And we position our hearts, and the way that you position your hearts, first of all, is by just receiving his love. Because without love, you can't receive anything else. And so we have to allow ourselves to receive the love of God in a way that it's fresh and new every day. Every day. His, it says in Ephesians 3, right, what does it say? 
the measure, the width, the height, the depth. It cannot be measured. We haven't even scratched the surface. It's like that cave. There is more love for us to partake in. And love produces boldness and love removes fear. That's what it does. Anybody in here want to be more bold and more confident? Yeah, we want that. We it, God has put it, God has put it in our DNA as spiritual beings to be bold and as confident as Jesus on this earth. And that's to whoever that we're around. And it's not an obligation. It's the great privilege. It's the great privilege of receiving his spirit. And so just three, I'm not going to go long. I rebuke that. I'm not going to do it. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Three keys to stewarding hope. One is simply, I don't have these on the screen, um, but it's get a word from God. Very simple. You know, I, when, when we're believing for something, I, I, I hear it, and it doesn't have to be super ultra spiritual. That's not what I'm implying. It can be very, very, very simple, but just asking. If you ask, God says he'll give. If you seek, you will find. I think sometimes, like the microwave saying, we're so quick to microwave what we want in life. And, and God is putting a diligence in us to where our, our confidence and our expectation is so high that people think we're crazy. I mean, this guy exploring this cave, he, people think he's crazy. He's not, but he's going to find the end. He is going to get to where his expectation is. And so get a word from God. Ask God whatever you're believing for. God, I need a word from you, and I trust that you're going to give that to me, and you're going to find that word. A lot of times you'll find that word directly in Scripture. You know, God's word in 2 Corinthians, or I mean 2 Timothy 3.16 says that God's word is God, it's inspired, but it means God breathed. Every word in the Scripture is breathed by the mouth of God. And so God wants us to have a word because any time that we're going to believe and take a step in something, you need that word there. And we, and we see this in Romans uh, 4.20. It's talking about Abraham, who was our example of hope. Abraham, if you don't know the background of Abraham, Abraham was called out of his home country into a land that he did not know. And the land was, was the land where he came from, I mean, if you kind of follow the context a little bit of what's happening is this is following uh, the fall of the Tower of Babel. And there is this is the fourth fall of man. And man is is striving to become gods in their own image. That's just kind of a, a, a setup of the background of what uh, what Abraham is being called out of. 
He's being called out of extreme wickedness and perversion and called to become, to create a new people. And Abraham, and speaking of Abraham in four, Romans 4.20 says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So Abraham received a word from the Lord, go, (laughs) go into a land, go into an unknown place that you do not know, a place of total dependence, a place of trusting in God. And that word, and God gave him, look at the stars, look at the stars in the sky. Abraham was promised to have a child through him at 75, and it was 25 years later before that promise came to pass. But God gave him a word. God gave him a word to stand on, and he became the father of all the nations. Key number two is keep yourself in the love of God. Jude 1.20 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and unto eternal life. Now I'm going to say it. Tongues is a very practical tool. Praying in the Spirit. It's a tool to keep ourselves in the love of God. Like this verse is saying. There are other tools that can do it. But for me personally, I think it's a good tool. Because you're yielding your tongue You know, I'm not doing a whole message on tongues, but you're yielding your tongue to him to allow him to speak through you. And when you're doing that, it says that you're speaking the mysteries of the kingdom. You know, at work, I have a lot of different tools to use. And I I mean, I could try, I could use a screwdriver Phillips head to screw a, a screw into metal, I can do it, but it would be take me a long time, or I can use an impact drill and get that sucker right in right away. And so tongues is a great, it's a great gift. The Bible tells us to not forbid tongues. The Bible tells us to desire these spiritual gifts, these tools, because these tools are to be used to help empower us to keep ourselves in the love of God so that hope, we're stewarding hope, we're supervising it, we're looking over it, we're caring for it. And so it, it's, like, it's like this. When, when, you pray, when you're praying in the Spirit, it's like, you know the, the weather, y'all know the weather radios? Where you crank, you have to crank it up to 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 give it power. When you're cranking that thing, you're not you're not seeing any visible sign, right? You're not seeing any 
visible sign that that's working, but you, cr- you just keep cranking it, and you're trusting that as you're doing it, it's generating power. And why would God give us something that doesn't generate power? Everything that God gives us is to help us promote and give us the power to be more than conquerors in all that we do. And so at the end, I just want to encourage you as, you know, as the prayer ministers come up here, you know, if that's something that you want to, you want to yield to the Holy Spirit, you want to place your dependence on the Holy Spirit, and with that is the manifestation of praying in tongues. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Like, you don't have to have it, but why not have everything that God has promised and wants to give to you? Amen. Every gift, you know? And so I, I just want to encourage you, if that's something that in an area of life that you haven't depended upon, just do it. <laughs> just trust God. Just just believe that he wants to pray through you because I'm telling you, when you're in a place of stepping out into the unknown in whatever area of your life, and we're all called to do it, you, you don't know how to pray. Has, has anybody ever been in a position where they don't know how to pray? We all have, right? Well, that's what Romans 8 tells us. That's when all things work together for good for those who love him. It's speaking in context according to when we pray in the spirit when we do not pray as when we don't when we pray as we we don't know how to and so that's what we do and when we do that uh faith expectation it, it rises up in our hearts god will god will bring people to your mind god will bring words back to your remembrance of things that god has planted in your heart And the final key that I have, just really simple about stewarding hope, that confident expectation in our life, is exercise remembrance. You know, share share your story. Share your story with family. Share your story with friends. You know, make it a make it a regular part of our life to to share our story with people. That's just a very practical way of stirring up remembrance of what God has brought you through. Because it's like, when you look, when you look from the perspective of what God brought you through, (laughs) you're just like, all things are possible. I didn't plan on this, but I want to go to one final scripture, and this is um, Hebrews 11, 11, and just speaking on, on Abraham and Sarah. I saw this verse, and it just really, I felt like God really highlighted it to me. I'm actually going to read it in the ESV. So this is Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Even when she was past the age, she con- she, since she considered him faithful who had promised. 
By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. And this is the picture. Because I used to identify with Abraham more. Just naturally being a guy, having a beard, you know. <laughs> but I started, when I, when I started reading Hebrews 11, I started to see that where Sarah is actually a picture also of us. We had nothing in our own ability. Uh, this, as you could say, the spiritual womb, or you could, it's, it's the same thing as the heart. God did a miracle. God has done a miracle on our hearts. It's, it's when we received it by faith, this making him Lord and exchanging our old life for his life. When we, when we made that decision, when we put faith in that, God gave us a, a new heart. That's like a, it's like a new spiritual womb. So that his word could come in, which is a seed. And Jesus is that seed. And Jesus is love. You break it down like it gets good. So that his life and his seed and his word and his promises and his truth can come in and conceive life in our hearts. He's done the work. He has done it. It was by faith. That faith is just, it's just dependence. It's just simple trust. Sarah herself received, she received power to conceive. We have received power to conceive everything that God has given to us. And so family, go ahead and stand. Stand and have the worship team come up. I didn't do too bad. So I just want to encourage you Stewarding hope. I believe that that message is going across the nation. It's funny a lot of times when we minister, it's actually what other people are ministering on. And the same thing. And it's God collectively trying to share a message with us. You are worth His hope being established. Your life is worth there being a great confidence and a great expectation. And so what God does is He removes our past. He removes where we missed it. He removes where we tried to believe and it didn't happen. He removes all that because God by His blood and by what's on His tool belt is removing shame, guilt, and condemnation. And so by that, we're not living from yesterday. You know, Paul said, I do this one thing. I press on toward the goal, the prize of Christ Jesus, and I don't look back anymore. And so God had never created us to look in the rearview mirror of our life. No matter what season of life we're in, no matter where we are, God gives us a new beginning. And so I want to declare that new beginnings are happening today. 
new beginnings, areas where you felt like, man, I just keep missing it. I keep falling short. God has a new beginning for you. Hope is, re is awakening. And God, by his spirit right now, is moving on your hearts. There's things that I didn't even communicate that God was speaking to you specifically in your life, to your heart. Because God loves you. God cares about you. And God knows you. God knows the deep desires of your heart. You're, we are created as sons and daughters. It says because you are a son or because you are a daughter, God has sent forth his spirit into our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. It's in your genetic. You don't have old genetics of your past life, of your parents, grandparents. You have the genetics of Jesus Christ. He is our seed. He is the one that represents us. He is the one that has gone before us. Because of him, he is the anchor of our soul. He has gone before us into the presence of God and given us total access. And so the devil's been trying to keep us out of the presence of God by accusing us and bringing up our past. And it's time that we get bold as lions within ourselves and prophesy over our own lives that we're going to walk in victory, that we're going to go right into the presence of God because His blood is speaking better things. He's declared us righteous, holy, and blameless. And so right now, as we go into this song, new beginnings. Father, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you that you are so incredibly good. Father, we thank you that hope, expectation, and confidence, God, that you are, you are revealing and showing us things. That you're bringing us into the light and you're bringing us into freedom. Called to freedom and liberty. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for freedom in this place. Thank you that we, God, we are your masterpieces. God, that the world looks on us and sees freedom and sees grace flowing in our lives, God. That we would be carriers of your divine presence. So, Lord, our hearts are open. We have received the power to conceive. Say it right now. I have received the power to conceive. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's been paid for. I receive it right now by faith. And so worship the Lord. Lift your hands and surrender. It's an act of surrender. We don't, I mean, when somebody used to tell me that, I'd be like, I'm not raising my hands. Because <laughs> you're telling me that I'm not forcing you to do anything. I'm saying that it's an act of you saying, Lord, I surrender. I want to be dependent on you. I don't want to be dependent on my own strength. 
And I trust you in that area right now. Thank you, Father. I just receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.